0: voices in my mind that say I think I'm weak And you say I'm
1: Appropriate was that. Those two. Let's stand to our feet and give God praise. Come on. Come on. If you love him, let him know. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh. You may be seated. One thing we didn't say of Pastor Ben that I'll say. Not only did he receive a baton five years ago from Pastor Joe, but he then has mentored and raised up and passed the mantle to Brendan. How kingdom is that? How beautiful is that? In the first service, because I, I requested that song. I texted last Sunday afternoon, actually, and because we were here last Sunday, and I told Pastor Ben and Brendan Uh, what a great job they did with worship and I said is there do you know this song I said because this song is going to go with the message so well and so they did it and I leaned over to my wife in the first service and I told her as I looked at the words of that song as I heard it once again I said that's my story that's my testimony see so often one of the tricks of the enemy is to try to get you to think you're the only one who feels down. You're the only one who feels as if you don't measure up. You're the only one who, who somehow just doesn't seem to fit in. And it's a lie. Because the reality is, I feel that at times. I fight that at times. And that's why a song like that reminds me of what God says about me. That what God says about me is accurate. It's not what I feel. It's not my past. It's not my thoughts. It's not my circumstances. It's what God says. Such a privilege to be here with you today inside of your bulletin. I don't always do this, but I wanted you to have something to take home with you today, a takeaway. And so uh, today, I, I trust that you'll follow along and that you'll do that fill-in sheet. And Pastors Juan and Deidre, as I said in the first service, my wife and I are so proud of you. You are doing such an amazing obedience to God and giving him your yes. We love you, so proud of you. And, and Pastor Juan, that lovely lady to your left. I know there's a lovely lady to your right as well, but that lovely lady to your left, the love of my life. You get more beautiful every day. I fall in love with you more every day. You are so loved. I love you. Today, as we look into the Word of God, Romans chapter 12. Paul is writing, and we read in verse 1 and 2 in the Message Bible. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. It's not just Sunday. As important as Sunday is, it's our everyday life. You know, we say here at Victory, you know, what do we do? Well, we challenge everyday people. To experience what? Every victory in Jesus. But why? Because we're all everyday people. We're all ordinary people. And God wants us to bring our every part of our everyday life to Him. Place it before God as an offering for embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Verse 2, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture, That you fit into it without even thinking. Pastor Juan last week talked about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being Hebrews and being in an ungodly culture, but how that they stood for what they believed, but they did so with respect and dignity. They didn't do it in an ugly way, a judgmental way. And this is what the Word of God teaches us, that Because when we put our attention on God, we fix our attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. And I love the way this ends. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. And he develops a well-formed maturity. In you, in your outline, as a follower of Christ, we live a a counterculture lifestyle with a kingdom mentality. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. That's what Jesus taught us to pray, and not only to pray, but to live. And this kingdom is solidly based on love. Jesus said that we are to be in the world. But not a part of the world. We live on this planet. In fact, he said, "I want you to be salt. I want you to be light. I want you to be an example. But I want you to live on this planet, but have a counterculture kingdom mentality." The kingdom is an amazing thing. The kingdom of God is the government of God, where Jesus Christ is Lord of Lord and He's King of Kings. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Where in the book of Acts it says, In him we live and move and have our being. Where Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But Jesus said... In John chapter 3, he said to a man named Nicodemus, a religious leader, he said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't, you can't understand it. You cannot receive it. But here's the amazing thing. When you're born again, you enter into the kingdom of God, where God is in control now, not you. Not your past, not your circumstances. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The Bible says that you, we are brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus said something more. He said, when you're born again, not only do you enter into the kingdom of God, listen, the kingdom of God enters into you You say, how do you know that? Well, because Jesus said, not me, not some Bible scholar. Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. So no one can say, oh, the kingdom of God is over there. Or the kingdom of God is over there. He says, for the kingdom of God does not come with observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. If you're born again, your testimony should be, when I was born again, I entered into God's kingdom, but also God's kingdom entered into me. I am a carrier on this planet of the kingdom of God. I might, I might, I might work in Akron and work in finance, but everything I do is a reflection that I live in a counterculture. I have the kingdom of God living within me. We're different. Peter said we are particular. We are unique, not in a bad way, but actually in a way that the light shines. See, Jesus, when he came to earth, he came to reveal the Father. You believe that, I believe that. Here's what's fascinating. Jesus didn't gather up disciples and say, i Because I've come to reveal the Father, I want you to take notes now. I'm going to tell you 10 things about the Father. He never did that. He said, you know, I came that as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. And I've lived in heaven my whole existence. So I'm going to tell you 10 things about heaven. He never did that. He never did that. Because Jesus didn't come to educate us mentally, about facts about the Father or facts about heaven, Jesus said, you want to know what the Father looks like, how he lives, how he acts, what his character is? Yeah. Well, if you've seen me, come on, you've seen the Father. He said, you want to know what heaven's like? Yeah, watch me, watch how I love, watch how I live. I don't want to just give you facts. I don't want to just educate your brain. I want you to be so transformed that you begin to live and love and think in a counterculture that is kingdom. Now, what does that... Okay. What does that mean to me everything because as followers of Christ our job is to do the same what do you mean our job is not to simply give people facts and educate them about a Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago who was born of a virgin and lived a perfect life and died on the cross and was buried and rose again yes we should tell them about Jesus, but more importantly, in the same way that Jesus said, I've not come to just educate you about the Father, I've come to show you the Father. You and I have a responsibility to not just tell people about Jesus, to educate them, to give them facts. But our job is to say, you want to see Jesus? Yes, yes watch me, watch how I live, watch how I love. You say, oh my, but it's Bible. Paul said, follow me, how, as I follow Christ. You you may be like most Christians in front of me and saying, oh, Bishop, you don't understand. I tell people all the time, don't watch me. Don't get your eyes on me. Don't look at me, don't watch me. Don't watch me. Watch him. Don't watch me. They watch you. They watching you all day long. They watching it when you show up for work. They watching how you treat people. They watching. You get blue in the face. Tell them, don't watch me. They watching you. And you don't know watch so often. I don't like that pressure. Honey, you better get used to it. Because that is a healthy pressure. When I worked at General Motors Lordstown and I'd become a Christian and I would share my faith, once the guys knew I was a Christian, I was a follower of Christ, oh, they really watched me. Man, they got binoculars out and like on the line, I say, let's watch this guy. Let's see if he is true blue. That's the reality. And that pressure is there and when you mess up you in your outline. Jesus statement over and over. It has been said followed by but I say to you. In his first public teaching, what we call the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7, it showed that he came to challenge the thinking and the behavior of people bringing a kingdom mentality that focused on love and motives rather than performance-based religion. You say, oh, Bishop, you've not been around, you know, as much. You're here, there, and everywhere, and we understand your new, new mantle and your new call, but you're not going to preach to us about love again, are you? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. You say, well, you know what? You you may not have heard. Pastor Juan may not have told you. But, you know, we've arrived in that area. No, Pastor Juan forgot to tell me. Pastor Juan would never tell me that. Because I want to mess with your thinking today for those of us in the room who think, "What? I think I'm doing pretty good there. Oh,
0: get ready.
1: Get ready. Put your seatbelt on. Put your tray table up because we're coming in. I don't know that we're going to land for a while, but we're coming in. There's a very little word that Jesus used time after time that messes with what we think we're doing pretty good in. Let's catch it. In your outline number three, John 13. Thirty-four. Jesus is speaking, I, and in this chapter, he's washed the feet of his disciples, and he's let them know he's going to be going to the cross. And he actually said in this chapter, "So now I say unto you." He he was basically saying, "I couldn't say this earlier. I wanted to say this earlier, but I couldn't. But now I say unto you, a new commandment, not suggestion." I give to you. What is it? That you love one another. And then here's that little two-letter word. A-S. What's that spell? Yeah, well, you got to be careful the way you say that. Sunday morning, church. But yeah, as. Okay? I am commanding you that you love one another, but I'm going to define you. I'm going to set the bar for you in what it looks like. What? As I have loved you.
0: Ah, man.
1: Ah. I thought I was doing pretty good. I mean, I love you as much as so-and-so loves you. I think I'm doing pretty good. Jesus gets the standard out the bar out and says, I want you to, I'm commanding, not suggesting, this is not multiple choice, I'm commanding, are you going to follow me? Yes, I'm commanding you that you love one another. Who is that, everybody? Say everybody. It's It's not the nice ones. Oh, it's them, but they're easy. Nice people are easy to love. You know two or three of them, come on. Easy to love, easy to get along with, nice people, smile a lot, wear deodorant, you know who I'm talking about. But then there are other people, ay, 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 hard to love, rub you the wrong way. Some of the people in your family, some of the people you're seated with this morning, don't, don't elbow anybody. But really, on, uh, you know I've heard for years, you know, people, uh, you know, just squall and ball like. Oh, I love the people in China. Oh, I love all the Chinese people. Oh, there's so
0: many of them,
1: and I love them too much. Sure, you do. They stay in China. I love them too. Aren't they wonderful? Bless the Chinese people. May you stay in China. It's easy to love them. They don't bother you. They're not in your world. It's the people in your world. Even the people, when we let out of church, and you're in that long line, and you're in a hurry, you got an appointment. And in the wonderful police that we have out there, they should know you're in a hurry. And just when you get up there, and you go speaking in tongues, And you fall into the discernment of spirit, and you want to cast a demon out of them. It's those people. It's the people that, in the moment, irritate you. He goes on, verse 35. By this, say that with me, by this, all will know you're my disciples. If you carry a Bible just right. Bless God. You know, some of you don't carry a real Bible. Some of it, I know it's electronic. I know it's still real, sort of. But but those of us who carry a real Bible, you say, oh, they'll know I'm a Christian because I know how to carry my sword. Bless God. I know how to dress. I even know how to say hallelujah. How you doing? Oh, hallelujah. I know how to sing in church. I know just how the right way to worship. I get a bumper sticker on my car. I wear a cross. I could quote scripture. I pay my tithe by this. All good. Well, most of it, good. Some of that wasn't so good. But here's the deal Jesus, Lord, Master, King, Savior, God says, by, say it with me, by this shall all know that you're my disciples. Say it with me, by the love you have for,
0: ah, yeah, 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 amen.
1: I had that Bible carrying thing down just right. I, I memorized scripture. Oh, that's good but Jesus didn't say they're going to know that you belong to me because you can talk the right religious talk and have the right phraseology and quote the right verses he said it's going to be by this what? by the love you have for one another and then he didn't leave it up to us he said as I have loved you. Oh, man. Well, Bishop, if that's the standard, then none of us have arrived. You got it. But see, here's what we do we say because we've not arrived, let's lower the standard, let's give everybody a participation trophy for coming to church. No, no, we cannot change when Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away by this. Now listen, if you're sitting there today and you say, I know this, I don't give a rip. I don't care because it's not knowing it, it's doing it. Knowing it doesn't mean much of anything. Doing it, James said, don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Hmm. He goes on. Wow. In John 15, he says, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no one this than to lay down one's life for his friend's. Do you know what it means to lay down your life doesn't just mean to die. It means to give up your self-centered way, your self-centered will that life's really about you, and and you learn that life is about God, and life is about others. In fact, you discover that little Jesus, others, and you brings you true joy, and not it, it just spells something weird when when you're when you don't spell that right. He goes on. John 17, longest recorded prayer of Jesus says, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that's you and I. What does he pray? That they all may be one as, A.S., you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. And then he says this, that the world may believe that you sent me. the the church's job our job is to get the word out for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son would you agree with that of course you do but jesus said the main way that the world of unbelievers the main way they're going to know that is by the love you have for one another and then the unity of And he says, not just any unity, not just get along with each other unity, not just kumbaya unity, but deep covenant relationship unity in the same way that I am one with my Father and He is one with me. I don't know what this says to you. You know what it says to me? Whoa, I've got a long way to go. And for some of you, that bugs you. Be bugged. Because here's what happens. Truth like this makes people that are sold out, gets our attention and says, oh, I need God more. I need him to be in every part of my life because I find it easy to love some people, but almost impossible to love others. And I've sort of said, well, that's just the way it is. And according to Jesus, I can't say that anymore. I can't just say, that's the way it is. I've got to leave this building today saying, I've got, if I'm going to be a man or woman of the word, I can't pick and choose. I can't say, well, I like that truth. I don't like the other truth. But here's the great news. He sees, because of his love, destiny in you that you don't see. He does. He does. That's what love does. It's the way God operates. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says God calls those things which are not as though they were. What does that mean? God calls a man who has no children, whose name is Abram, and he says, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to call you Abraham. And Abraham, Abram is thinking, Abraham? That means father of nations. Father of many children. I don't have any kids. So what does God do? God changes his name. And then God says this. Abra, Abraham. Abraham. Uh, can you tonight count the stars for me? And he begins. And he said, ah, too many. He said, that's how many kids you're going to have. Uh, daytime. Can you count the grains of sand? Too many. That's how many kids you're going to have. See, God's love, listen now, God's love looks beyond our stuff. You have stuff. You have stuff. Everybody's got stuff. I'm not talking about living a hypocritical life. I'm not talking about living a double. I'm I'm saying that you've not arrived here. I'll well, give you permission. You're gonna like turn the person next to you and tell them you've not rocked yet. I'm watching and observing some very brilliant husbands in this room who just looked at me like I am going that. I'm going home with her. My brothers, I appreciate your wisdom. But the reality is, none of us have arrived. But God sees through his love. It's the song that I had the guy sing. He sees beyond everything. Even when we're at our worst, he sees destiny, he sees gold, he sees value, he sees worth, he sees dignity, and he calls it forth. He's amazing. Listen, there's not a person in this room that you became more Christ-like because you bought into the enemy rubbing your nose in your mess. Will he do that all every chance he gets? In fact, here's how you can know the difference between Holy Spirit's conviction when we fail and Satan's condemnation. When you fail and you do and you will, Satan will point out your failure, rub your nose in it, and try to convince you you may as well quit. You may as well give up. Who do you think you are? You are a loser. You're pathetic. You're miserable. And you want to give up. God's conviction will point out your sin and say, you're better than that. And he will then not only point to the sin, he will point to a blood-stained cross, an empty tomb, and say, go to God, God will help you. There's gold underneath that dirt. Give God praise, would you? We are called to believe in Jesus. love Jesus, but we must understand that we are also to be Jesus to the world. The reference given to early believers as Christian meant they were little Christs. You say, oh man, I'm sort of comfortable with like being a Christian. I've been born again. I'm comfortable telling people facts about Jesus and trying to grow in my faith by by all the things that I'm, I'm trying to do, but are, are you really saying that we're supposed to live like Him? Yeah. That's what the Bible says. That's not what I say. See, we can, we can become very comfortable in simply telling people about God and giving them facts about God, but what if we did what Jesus did when He didn't just give facts about the Father, He demonstrated the Father. I know this is, I know this is stretching you and I'm enjoying every moment of it. Why? The mantle on my life is not to make you comfortable. I love you, I care about you, but can I tell many of you I know by name, I could call you by name and say I see more destiny in you than you see. I sat with Derek a couple months ago. I've sat with him several times. He's a son. And long story made short, I said, son, you've got this in you. He didn't see it. I saw it. That's what loved us. I'm a patting myself on the back who am I I'm simply doing unto others as God's done to me because when I felt like giving up there was in my life there's always been this nail scarred hand that's come down and lifted me not a nail scarred foot that kicked me but a nail scarred hand that lifted me has that been true in your life yeah now listen today in Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 Jesus says you're familiar with the old written law love your friend and it's unwritten companion hate your enemy I'm challenging that I'm telling you to love your enemies
0: oh man
1: wait a minute first of all we gotta love our neighbors we love ourselves then we gotta love one another as He loved us, and then you're telling us, as husbands, we gotta love our wife as Christ loved the church. Yeah, that is right.
0: Now, we gotta love our enemy.
1: I don't know about you, but this slaps you around. This is like, wow. How do I do this? Not, not, not in theory. We all have a good theory, like with the Chinese people. We have a good theory. But what about actually doing it? i got to ask you a tough question. I'm coming to a close here. But i got to ask you a tough, tough question. Oh, this is... What do people feel when they're around you? You say, oh, I don't know. Well... I can tell you this: people will often forget what you say. They'll usually forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Because people can tell, even if you're saying the right words, but but really your 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 body language and and sort of the your spirit is carrying more of a judgmental thing. Do you know, people really don't want to be your project, so you can fix them. You say, but I I want to fix people. Oh, I I get that. But if you're going to do others as you would have them do to you. I, I've, I've known people who got married. And yes, the husband needed fixed. We all did. But the wife who made a vow to him Loved him, took him as a project, and her main thing became, "I'm going to fix you." Those marriages never last. And same, I got to say the same thing about the husband towards the wife. Why? Love has a transformational power to it that you want to change. I had a bad habit when I was a young pastor or youth pastor. I would, revival broke out when I was a youth pastor. I asked God, I said, God, either revive me or take me home. And I, I look back on that and it's a scary prayer, but I prayed it. And over about two weeks, i led 30 people to Christ. And I baptized 30 people on a good Friday. Out of that, some of these people I'd led to Christ it was a widow lady and her daughters they lived up near andover ohio and they owned a big farmhouse and they would bake pies and cakes and cookies and, and they would invite all their neighbors and relatives over and they'd invite me and i'd be there and people would be telling jokes and talking politics etc and i'd just i'd just be there and i didn't go <laughs> oh, well, i'm the man of god and up the Word of God now. (laughs) Man, that's scary what I just did. Here's what would happen every time. Here's what would happen. I'd be sitting in that farmhouse and somebody across the way would say, Pastor, what does the Bible say about such and such? And it'd be like, if you're old enough, it'd be like E.F. Hutton. I didn't have to do but then, when I began to share, just, just normal. This was not a Bible study. This was a Bible doing. Every time people would meet Christ, it was the most amazing thing. It was just a revival in a farmhouse. No altar calls. I remember a, a girl named Sherry. She asked to meet with me afterwards, and we were right off the kitchen there, and she was venomous. She'd been molested as a child. She'd lived a tough life. You could see it all over her, tough life. And she was mad at God, mad at me for representing God, and she tore into me. What'd you do? I listened. I listened. Because she needed to regurgitate. She needed to get it out once she got it out, I said, Sherry, God really loves you. He loves you so much, he gave his son for you. And Sherry, I feel so bad about all the pain you've had in your life. God feels bad about it. But you know, you can have a brand new life. Just coming to God just as you are, you can have a brand new life. And she did. She was born again that night. But here's what I want to tell you. I a bad habit. I had a wife and two young children waiting at home for me, and I would tell my wife I'm going to be home. And I'll say 8:30, 9 o'clock, whatever, and I never got there on time. I'd get to the door, and somebody else would have a question, or somebody would have this, somebody would have that, and I would be, st- I'd be stuck. What do I do? I told my wife I was going to be home. I want to see my wife. I want to see my kids, but oh man, what do I do? And be honest with you, when I would come home, my wife would not be happy. And I don't blame her. It was my fault, not hers. I'd get a little bit of the cold shoulder treatment. None of you know what that's about, but I was wrong. And then my wife changed. Here's here's what I'm telling you. My wife read a book that really impacted her, and she decided, if my husband's going to be late, he's going to come home to a home filled with the atmosphere of love. I'm going to create in every way in our home a home he wants to get to. I'll never forget it. I came in that night. I was late once again. I felt bad. I was apologetic. And everything from the way that she looked to her demeanor to the atmosphere in the home was one of grace. One of, honey, I love you. And I know your heart. I know you were not doing something evil. And I'm just glad you're home. Do you know what that did? The next week when we had that time in the farmhouse, when I looked at the time, I said, folks, I've got a wife waiting on me. I've got children waiting on me. And it's been wonderful to be with you. God bless you. I'll see you next week. I've been home a long time. What's the lesson? Love transforms you. Sometimes we're afraid if we love people, if we don't just show them nastiness and meanness, they'll never change. Oh, no. It's the love of God that makes us want to change. It's not God rubbing our nose in our mess. It's God saying, you're better than that. I know that there's destiny in you.
0: Today, today,
1: I was outside, I looked up at the stars, further away than I can imagine, larger than I can imagine. And I say to God, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the Son of Man that you would visit him? You are the God of creation. And yet you love us.
0: But he does. And his,
1: if you A full dose of how much he loves you. It changes your identity. And secondly and finally, your cup runs over. that you begin to love people not based on the externals. For man judges on the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. Do you know, almost everybody I know inside of their, inside of their heart, they're really trying. They really are. They mess up, but they're really trying. What, what what, if Victory Christian Center, our eight campuses, our thousands of people, what if we started a love revolution? What if everywhere we went, our neighborhoods, the restaurants we visit, the places we work, places we go to school we begin to love people and value people and actually give them a smile because Jesus said if you simply greet those who greet you the worst of sinners do them would you stand prayer team would you come I want you to look at me as you're standing I know I didn't finish these notes, but the answers are at the end, upside down. So your requirement is to go home, stand on your head and fill in that sheet. Okay? Uh, you may be getting some counseling calls. and, and uh, I want you to look at me for a second. There's no plan D. This love thing is not going away. God is love and John wrote and said if you say you love God whom you've never seen but you do not love people who you can see, John says you're a liar I didn't say it, he said it he's the apostle of love now hurt people hurt people so there's some people I love that would say oh he doesn't love me, you know why? because some people have an unrealistic expectation of being loved they, they say well if you loved me you would you, you would make my life perfect you would make me happy no I'm a pretty strong man I'm decently mature in the Lord but I'm not mastered that thing yet of making anybody else happy. Don't give the remote control of your life to someone else that it's your job to make me happy. Nobody can do that. Nobody can do that. So if if I have somebody that says, well, I, you don't love me. And yet your, your expectations of love are unrealistic. They're unhealthy. Some people say, you love me. You've got to agree with no I love all kinds of people I don't agree with they don't agree with me but I love them so, you're, so this love that we're talking about is 1 Corinthians 13 love being patient, being kind bringing value, bringing worth bringing dignity you can do it, that's a cool thing you say, I can't be like Jesus. I don't walk on water. I don't turn water to wine. I don't resurrect dead people. I, how can I be like Jesus? Well, the reality is, that person in front of you that's hurting and discouraged, they don't need you to turn water to wine. They don't need you to resurrect the dead. They don't need you to walk on water. They need somebody with God in them to look at them with love, speak words of value and worth and dignity that changes them. It changes you. When somebody sees worth within you that you don't see. Listen, as we close today, there are some of you that need to come and speak with one of these people up front because today is your day to meet Jesus. You need to be. kingdom to enter you, you need to enter the kingdom. All you need to do today is come and say, would you pray with me? I want to meet Jesus. Some of you are carrying a lot of weight of unforgiveness and a lot of pain and trauma and wounds. And what it does is it clogs the pipes for God's love to flow through you. And you get so mad at yourself because you do well for a while and then stuff comes out of you that's so unhealthy. You need to come today and say, would you pray with me? Because I've got some stuff I need to believe at a bloodstained cross. So once we pronounce this blessing over you, would you come today? Honey, the Riveras, would you come? I want to look at you one more time, please. I saw things in Terry Maury he did not see. Am I patting myself? No, it's, it's, that's what love does. I hope you're getting this. That's what love does. Love sees an elder serving Victory Christian Center when he's a young man who's new in Christ. That's what love does. And you have your story because you're impacting people around you. The two of you have people around you I'll never meet. But because you walk in love and because you see destiny and value and worth and dignity, I know you too. You call them forth. You don't call them forth by, by putting them down but by lifting them up. We can all do this. Everybody smile at me. Second. Some of you can look at me like, man, I don't know. Really what was that? What that was is a dose of reality. <sighs> Keep your eyes open. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the love of God so fill your heart. So fill your mind. May it wash away the crud unworld. May it wash away the scars of your past so that you can live the life God's called you to live and that you can love the way God's called you to love. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, give the Lord praise. Come and give prayer. Go love on the fleets
0: out there in the lobby. God bless you.